0: Um, okay so let's talk about current events because it's on everybody's mind it's on the tip of everybody's tongue it's a thing it's in the media QAnon and QAnon conspiracy theory which is more than just let's clarify and frame this properly QAnon is not like Flat Earth or 9-11 Truthers or any other wild, crazy lizard conspiracies you've heard about. And the reason why I'm differentiating it and making it different from those Mm -hmm. is not because of the beliefs, but because they are radicalized and they have engaged in real world violence and potential violence. Uh, In other words, I go all the way back on this, rightly or wrongly, um, to, to Pizzagate to Comet right. Pizza, to some guys showing up mm-hmm. with, with guns to uh, free the children from the basement of the, you know, awful pedophiles right. who were harboring the children at Comet Pizza, according to, you know, online conspiracy nonsense. And it only went worse from there. There was the Hoover Dam mm-hmm. incident, and then we have the January 6th insurrection. Mm-hmm. So we've got multiple instances of this belief set. Right. And this online culture, you know, riling each other up to the point where it's a real world situation and it's not just an online fantasy world situation or an online game or something, you know, which is how some people are framing or positing this and, and, um, I now, of course, now we have the fallout of it, of an insurrection or, you know, a potential thing that happened uh, this month. And uh, uh, we did have a peaceful transition of power. And we do have a new president now. And their savior figure, the central figure of QAnon,
1: is mm-hmm. now showing
0: Mar-a-Lago. And maybe he's going to start a new political party or who knows what he's going to do.
1: Right. Right. Who knows? That Yeah.
0: Who? That's the situation. Now, I don't really want to talk a whole lot about deconstructing the belief set of QAnon because right. it morphs on a daily basis. Right. Yeah. What I wanted to talk to you about, and what I think most people are kind of uh, about, is that's the extreme end of this this movement, or or as, as Steve Hassan has called it, a cult. And I've certainly, you know, agreed with that terminology. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm there's this cult, there's this group of people who have really adopted this whole belief set and idea that that Trump is the savior figure and that Trump was more than just a president and he was gonna drain the swamp, clear out Washington, save the nation, et cetera. And I'm kind of reminded a little bit of Lifton's book, you know, destroying the world to save it,
1: mm-hmm. right?
0: Cause yeah. that's kind of what it looks like from the outside. So now we're left with the problem of what do we do about this? How do we talk to these people? Because some of them are our family and friends.
1: Right, yeah. So, I mean, I think that what is, uh, it's interesting when you, I'm glad we're talking about it because it's affecting so many people, I think more than people realize. And also it's affecting so many people who were in it now who, after the, you know the election, after the inauguration, are also having a whole variety of different reactions, uh, and that's affecting them emotionally. What what you see is you see people getting very riled up, as you're saying, to do a lot of things based on this um, kind of mm, the thinking that stays in house. You know, like they're using their own uh, literature, whatever that is, uh, to foster these beliefs and using it as proof of, you know, that that all these people are doing horrible things. Uh, and they will fight you with this, quote unquote, proof um, that, again, is sort of this circular loop. And What I I find is that not only does it affect people in terms of how they are in the world and how they um, might get militant and will boycott certain businesses and will think that Wayfair is smuggling children in their dressers and armoires and other sorts of things. What? Uh, And and, as we know, the more out there uh, a thought is, the more believable it gets, which is a very interesting thing about human nature. Um, and because uh, you think, you know, it can't be false if they, you know, if they said something like that, that's so outrageous because who would make up something that's that outrageous? <laughs> yes, yes. People make outrageous things up all the time. So I think that if there is, uh, there is something really out there that you're being told, it doesn't mean that it's true. And it's really good to know that. Um, And yes, people do make up outrageous things. And also paranoid people make up outrageous things. So we don't know who the source is and what sort of emotional stuff they have going on. And also how much they're riling people up just for their own enjoyment. Um, But I also see the real world issue is this idea that, well, two things, that if somebody tells them that they need to go shoot people to protect the children, there are a number of them—a um, larger number than we want to know—who uh, will do that, and will really feel that they are doing this ultimately important work that is protective, not destructive, but truly purely protective. Um, these sort of uh, conspiratorial vigilantes, and. And that also it's ruined a lot of relationships and caused so much stress. And that's another real world um, issue with it where there's a lot of fallout in not only relationships, family relationships too, where they, you know, when people talk to me about having a loved one in QAnon, they don't say, oh, my husband got involved in my wife or my kids or my parents got involved. They say, I lost someone too. I lost someone to QAnon, which is a really interesting phrase. And then when I when I speak with them, I can see what they mean because they can barely even talk to me, even to explain what they're believing. And they are they jump up out of their chair because they're so riled up and mad and and why am I not getting it? And why am I, you know, the sheep and why am I blind? And the aggression that comes with it, I think really does make people feel like they they have lost this person and they've lost an ability to even talk about this with that person
0: yeah big time big time I think that's a really good point about the energetic enthusiasm or you know kind of like or maybe another better word might be paranoid anxiety you know about this this belief set right it's It's, um, and also, yeah, that's a really good point. I lost someone to this because I think people are so baffled by it because it's not something that's based on, um, well, certainly not based on a whole lot of provable facts. You know, mm-hmm. there's so mm-hmm. much conjecture there. But it's not the kind that you could easily just brush off and go, well that's just crazy talk. Mm-hmm. That just doesn't make any sense. Nothing like that could ever happen. You can't mm-hmm. really say in a modern age now when the world of Jeffrey Epstein and the world of human trafficking, in the world mm-hmm. of, you know, sex crimes and and abuse and cults and all of the crap stuff that exists in this world. You can't just brush off child pedophilia rings as fantasy not when Jeffrey Epstein and and Ghislaine Mm -hmm. Maxwell are you know going to jail within the last couple of years about you know over these kinds of things it's that's that that makes it a little tougher it's I'm not of course you know defending this position or saying that this is all true I'm Mm -hmm. saying that You know, for a low information person who is not necessarily engaging in a nuanced way in a media literate fashion with the the information flow that's coming at them, you know, they're riled up. Trump riles them up. Politics in general is going to rile people up. If it's not Trump, it's Ted Cruz, it's Holly, it's Roger Stone, it's it's a cast of characters who rotate through Washington on a four year cycle and and professionally rile us up. That's that's kind of what they do. So so systemically, we can't. The reason I'm talking in these terms is because I'm trying to make the point that it's not like there's an on off switch for this that we can just make society sane and wonderful and everything will be fine and we'll all just get along. There are these forces at play in the media and in propaganda and in the news who seem to have a vested interest in riling people up. Mm -hmm. We're left with the fallout of dealing with that, and that's kind of what we're talking about today is how do we go about sanely dealing with this? And so I thought you were the perfect person to talk to about it because the big picture problem isn't going away, no matter how much you and I describe it or talk about it or educate people about it. It's too embedded. But what we can do is we can deal with the person in front of us. And we can talk to them and we can have a relationship with them and maybe we can bring them back. You know you've done work like that on a one-on-one basis with cult interventions i have it's it's not easy work it's not fun work all the time (laughs) i mean it's kind of fun sometimes but it's uh but it's you know certainly is interesting work i'll say that but but we can't realistically turn every family into a cult intervention. It doesn't, it, it's yeah. a complicated thing, right? So mm-hmm. so what's mm-hmm. our middle ground? What do we, you know, what can we advise people to do from our position that will help them perhaps right. bring some people back from the brink, but we can't guarantee 100% success or something. It's not like there's a magic formula here.
1: Right. Right. So I think, you know, it's a good thing that we're talking about this part of it, sort of the what to do piece, because I think people get into a lot of arguments that go nowhere. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, they go somewhere. They go south. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> go really poorly. <laughs> um, and then with a lot of storming out. Yeah. And that's not what you want. And but it's almost inevitable when you're talking about this. And, you know, with the phrase that you used. I mean, I think that it There is this paranoia and there is this, why are you not listening? Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think that, you know, when we're talking about people also, when you're saying that people benefit from people believing these things, yes. I mean, it's not something someone in the group who's really still of the thinking is gonna be open to, but it's still good for people to keep this information in their back pocket at some point when a person who they love and care about is a little more receptive, if they're not feeling attacked, if they're not feeling criticized about their beliefs, but to understand what's motivating the people who are putting out these ideas and who are fostering these ideas and stirring up the pot. And yes, there are people who want you to kind of I don't mean to use the term lie, but a lot of them are just lies. And yes, there is a kernel of truth. And yes, there is human trafficking. And there's more out there than we can imagine or want to imagine. And that is all true. And I wish it were not. And then from that, what are people doing to capitalize on that? Which is a really horrible thing, but they are capitalizing on it they are invested in maintaining this lie about then who's in charge and who's causing it and who's running it because they benefit from you believing the lie. Either they benefit in terms of their ego, that they can convince you that something's happening under a pizza parlor or wherever else, and then see how many people they can get to you know take care of business on their own. And I think for a lot of people, they really are believers and other people who are pulling the strings are probably enjoying the fact that to a certain degree that people will be willing to do these things. And the people who are the followers, just like in any cultic group are the ones who get their hands dirty. They're the ones who get arrested. They're the ones who have the firearms They're, you know, it's like the insurrection without trying to get too political, you know, Trump wasn't there. He wasn't in the mix. He wasn't, you know, defending this, this um, goal and this movement, he, you know, everyone was charging this way and he went that way. And so there is a lot to be said about people who will wind people up like a toy car, like pull them backwards a bunch of times and then let them go. And then they're the ones who crash into the wall. Uh, And so when you also know that people are benefiting, not only from, promoting a lie but they're benefiting from a war they're benefiting from people being against each other because that generates its own energy and it feels really satisfying I think and what's been really hard for some people now in retrospect who have kind of woken up since the inauguration went off without a hitch and there was no you know, power outage or whatever they were expecting around noon that day, and then martial law to be instituted, all the things that they said, that QAnon had said were gonna be happening. They are realizing that they had been um, kind of played with, that they had been put in this situation to keep a fight going and felt really used. Others did not, others are still waiting for instructions and they're still thinking something happened and all of that was, was editing and and there really wasn't an inauguration and you know all of that um. but yeah others are saying wow someone was able to get me really riled up for their own enjoyment and you know that really is making people very mad and then we can i want you to be able to respond but then we can talk about sort of how to work with the actual people and. How to
0: help them. Yeah, exactly where I'm going. And I and I would like to point out actually that what you just described is why there should be reasons for hope here. And by mm-hmm. that I mean people are waking up. Mm-hmm. There are people who have come to realize, and I've seen this on Twitter, I've seen this, I've seen screenshots of of other comments being posted about this. From videos or from Parler or from other sites, right? That people are feeling betrayed, feeling like they were left out, that they, you know, were passed by, that they were used, taken advantage of, et cetera, which I, I believe are all true statements in mm-hmm. the same way I, I was, you know, in, in Scientology. I mean, that's that's what happened. Um mm-hmm. And you wake up to that and you realize you've been lied to. And nobody, you know, like, like we all say, nobody appreciates being lied to. You know. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and once you find out that, the, that you've been being strung along, you know, then you have the epiphany and you go, oh. Now, there are, there are nuances here because that can also be a very fertile place for a new belief set to come in and and the guy could go off on cult tangent number 5 right and go off in some other direction mm-hmm. but we don't have to, let's not worry about that too much at this moment in time right now i think more what we want to do is create situations where that is where that kind of epiphany or wake up can occur or will occur and again mm-hmm. no magic bullet no magic formula yeah. here it's a matter of working with the person in front of you right. But, okay, Rach, so let's say you've got your mom, right, mm-hmm. or your dad or whatever, right, who has gone down this rabbit hole. Now, obviously, you know, if they've gone past the point of of committing criminal acts, if they were actually at an insurrection, I mean, something like that, I don't know that we're going to necessarily advise that you, you know, give it your best shot to pull them back you're dealing with somebody who's kind of committing actions in the real world that, are, that have consequences that are beyond a conversation. Right. But if you're not, if, they, if that's not where your person's at, if they're just riled up, they're anxious, they're upset, they're concerned, they are worried, they have what they believe to be very good reasons for thinking the way that they think.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think that's probably one of the first things we need to acknowledge is that there you might think their ideas are crazy but they don't no they
1: and don't. if you
0: and if you don't like being talked to as though your ideas are crazy mm-hmm. then you probably shouldn't talk to them as though their ideas are now again i'm talking about in person conversation with mm-hmm. the person you care about i'm not talking about online debates and that kind of nonsense right but if we can start from that as a springboard, let's say we can get a person up to like, okay, I can be chill enough to sit down in the same room with this person and not antagonize them and not tell them how stupid they are or how foolish they are or, what a, or they're a cult member or, you know, they're a dummy or whatever. If we can, let's assume we've gotten a person up to that point.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, what? how should they approach the, inter- the interaction?
1: Right, so there is something that uh, happens a lot when you're working with people who have gotten involved in something that is considered different. Mm, There is a defensiveness. Um, There is a sense that you're gonna be judging them and you might be judging them. But what you wanna do is you wanna ask them why this matters to them. And have them talk about what speaks to them about the message. And it's going to be a whole variety of responses, this spectrum from, I don't trust the government. They're always up to something. People are lying. Um, We need to band together to take care of things because the government and the media are always up to something. And so there is this general distrust, which I think everyone can understand. the the truth is that i have a general distrust <laughs> and i know that politicians are politicians and i know the media is the media and you know they're selling airtime to certain whatever you know and marketers um but it doesn't affect me on a day-to-day basis i i expect it i try to get to sources that i are i think are more trustworthy if possible where i know more about the people who are cultivating the news as they're putting it out and why they're putting it out the way they're putting it out. And um, if they have a certain leaning or a certain bias, but also it's not something that I need to take on as a cause celeb because I got other stuff to do, You know, like, but for some people that becomes their life. And oftentimes it's either, I mean, it's either because they tend to be paranoid about things and so they need to find where there are these sort of secrets and that's the whole conspiratorial kind of movement. But for other people, they probably have dealt with suffering through being taken advantage of and being lied to. Suddenly having people come in, you know, that, uh, to take take something away from them, you know, that um, things were repossessed or when they were growing up, you know, that they were kicked out and booted out of where they lived because there was no more money left or something, even though the government has bazillions. So something may have happened to them in person that would be good to talk about. um, That's generated this lack of trust. And so this speaks to them for that reason. Other people have either dealt with being abused as children or know stories of people who mm, were abused and the people who did this to them got away with it. And now they feel again in this vigilante spirit that they wanna protect other other children. And for other people, they're looking for a cause. They just wanna feel that what they're doing is significant and has purpose. And so they've chosen this. And so just get to know the person you're talking to and why this matters to them. And I think you're gonna have a much more fruitful discussion if you start there. Um, and, cause there's a reason, there's a reason this matters. Um, it also could be that for a lot of people, if it weren't this, it would be something else just because they get caught up in things. And you know that's important to know about that person too. Um, then I could see also making sure in terms of the conversation itself, that it's not a whole group of people and this person, that it really is a one-on-one conversation Um, because I think they feel like they have to stand there with their armor on because, you know, the cavalry is coming and, you know, they're on their own and that's just going to make them dig their heels in and be more kind of have, have more, mm, mm, well, have an argument that feels a little more militaristic and also is louder, Mm -hmm. um, and, and,
0: that's and, and something to keep in mind on that, which I was just reading about um, in the Flat Earth world, mm-hmm. which very much applies here, is this has been around long enough now and has had enough online exposure and enough on, and enough argumentation that there that these are people who are prepared with counter arguments. Mm -hmm. To your attempts to debunk Mm -hmm. what they're going to tell you, right? And this is why it's not necessarily fruitful to try to argue it out with them over their dogma. Mm -hmm. Because one, they feel more expert in it than you are because, Mm -hmm. you know, you're not an authority to them on their dogma. They are. They've been Mm -hmm. the ones who have been spent hours and days and weeks immersed in this stuff. You haven't. Mm -hmm. So so there is this attitude that you're going to have to get past of I know what I'm talking about and you don't mm-hmm. on this topic. And that's, I think, one reason why I try, to, I try to discourage, you know, let's have a substantive debate on the facts of QAnon. I don't know that that's going to get you a whole lot of places for for the above reasons and others, you know
1: right right so i think that's a really good point and i think yes they can be the experts on QAnon Mm -hmm. because you're not going to know as much as they know because they have up to the minute information whether it's accurate or not because they're in touch with people usually all day long that's right so they have info intel that's five minutes old and yours might be a day old that's so you know Okay. That's so yesterday.
0: Exactly. Um, You're so out of date. So, out of date.
1: Uh, so yeah, so they can be the expert going back to this idea of how I know that I don't trust a lot of what's happening in the media or in terms of just have, being a little biased or words that they're using to convey a certain message or whatever else I know it fine. Mm, but I think one of the things that has spoken to a couple of people who have really looked at their own involvement in QAnon a little more critically, is that they don't know the source of it. And so sometimes I have said, it's important for me if I can find out what is the source of this information. I, I, I'll, before I read a study, I see who published it and also who paid for it. Uh, and then I read the study. So if they don't know who Q is, then I would say, you know what, that's the thing that would actually kind of get me because how would I know what their intentions are? I would want to know before I get really involved in something that I can trust the source of the information, but you don't know the source of the information. So, that's one piece. And I would just put it out there that that would be my bias that that would be important to me. It doesn't have to be important to you, but I think it makes people kind of think like they're listening to whom. Um, And then if people really want to feel that they're doing something important, one of the things also that I've found has some success only because I, I really do care about this issue. I think with all of the crap, (laughs) that's not clinical, Uh, around the world. Um, That's a technical term. Thank you. It's in the DSM somewhere, maybe. Um, uh, That, yes, if you're going to spend time and if you're going to care and if you're going to get enthusiastic about a cause, have it do something. Like, don't waste your time. There, there are far too few people in this world who are devoting their lives to protecting others, to making a difference. So I'll say, so what has your energy and your involvement or even QAnon, what has it done? Is it that, you know, sex trafficking rings have stopped? How many children have been saved? Um, and I'll try to, see if they have that information they might say well we don't know or they might come up with a number but i'll say you know it's just i just don't want you and your good efforts and your good heart to be wasted and i would want to know that if i'm spending time doing something like if i'm giving out food at a soup kitchen and all they're asking me to do is to kind of restock the shelves in this place Um, But I never actually see anyone come in, and I don't actually get to serve anyone anything. How will I know that they're actually doing this? I would want to see it. I'd want to participate in that effort and have it be hands-on and really be able to get some evidence that my work is really being used here and not just for someone's profit or whatever else. So I would just put it out there as my own my own thought about what would be important to me to know, and then I would introduce people to other movements, to other places where they could use that caring of theirs, and the fact that they care about this issue, and other organizations that are not necessarily government-run, because they're going to be suspicious of those, um, where they're actually you know, going and finding where kids are being held which is horrific, but it, it, yes, they go and they find them wherever in basements in tunnels and all these places. And there are organizations that really do do this and not enough, but they do. So wouldn't they like to be involved in something where they really get to see that they're making a difference? So just to kind of open up that it's not enough to just be told, oh, we're doing all of these things for this many thousands of people. Show me.
0: Yeah, exactly. It's not wholly dissimilar to, uh, you know, Scientology's claims of, you know, helping millions with disaster relief and that sort of thing. And then you actually go, okay, show me the money. Well, you see some photo op pictures, you know, from, you know, from people who flew in, flew out same day from the disaster site. Right. And they're not really doing much of anything. Right. It's the same kind Mm -hmm. of same kind of stuff. You make a great point there. I think it's very important in interacting with people who have an extremist belief set to recognize, first, that they are human beings still. Mm -hmm, That mm -hmm. they they probably have very morally sound and, to them, rational, thought-out, at least, Mm -hmm, reasons, mm -hmm. a sequential series of logical thoughts whether Mm -hmm. those logical thoughts are based on reality or not is not my point Mm -hmm. it's it's a, a logical sequence of rational thinking that goes from cause to effect that is mental soundness. So we want that. We like people who do that. It's just the basis mm-hmm. on which you make these decisions or make these conclusions or things. That's where things can go screwy, right? Because we, yeah. I, you know, we really need to move away from, uh, in, except in cases where it's really true. Mm -hmm. We really want to avoid thinking about people who have odd belief sets as crazy, insane, mentally ill, there's something wrong with their heads, that they would have a proclivity to believe this in the first place. Mm -hmm. None of those statements are true. Mm -hmm. You know, and as as you get into the field of psychology as a professional and not just a lay person using the terminology, you have Mm -hmm. to start drawing some lines with this. You know what I mean? And that's why... I I stress this point because it's doesn't it just doesn't help it it, it only hurts mm-hmm. your view of them to think of them in these terms because it, it, again unless you have a good diagnostic reason to think somebody's crazy and there are reasons to think that
1: mm-hmm.
0: but but holding odd beliefs is not one of them <laughs> you
1: know <laughs> so. no no because they everyone holds odd beliefs and they don't necessarily know that they're odd because it's how, what they were raised thinking or believing or being told or being taught. That's right. And so how do you define odd also? Right. And so I do think that there is this idea of really respecting the person and understanding where their, their need to really take things into their own hands comes from. A lot of people have that, and a lot of people feel that they're kind of on their own. A lot of people don't necessarily trust the powers that be, and I think everyone can relate to that. Absolutely. Right? So if you come across as somebody who is, let's say, mm, uh, saying, well, I think Biden is perfect and is going to do everything right, and, you know, et cetera, you know, then there's no way to have a conversation with you, really. If you come across as sort of a... (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I don't know what they're barking at. Sorry, they're going to go outside and take care of business. Um, if that if you say, yeah, I, I get it. I know that sometimes it's hard to know who to trust and why people say what they say. And it's also important that if we feel like we've found something that's really going to be helpful that we're going to want to share it with other people that's really important too. and But what I will tell people is that the, the way that you're coming across with your insults, with calling people names, whom I think sheeple and all these other things, and calling really people stupid and blind, um, I will let them know that that's not gonna have people listen to you nor respect your message. So one of the things that I try to do is have the temperature go down. uh, And I will say, I get why you feel it's really important to get this message across because you think that people's lives are at stake. So I said, you know, what frustrates you person who is screaming at me usually (laughs) when I'm trying to help What frustrates you is that I'm not respecting what you're saying and I'm not listening and I don't seem to care. The thing is that I'm only hearing the volume of what you're saying and I'm noticing the look on your face which is really angry and in fact can be a little scary. So if you're able just to say what you believe and say why it matters to you and also let me know why you want me to know that what you think is important for me in my life to be able to know because of this and how it's gonna affect my life, then I'll be able to hear you. And so it's really important to talk and to not yell. And also if you can avoid making um, criticisms that are personal, Mm -hmm. because that also doesn't make me wanna even hear what you're saying, cause I'm just feeling ouch. But I'm not thinking, oh, I respect this person's vision. Uh, and so I. it's like, I want to let them know that being civil is something that's gonna actually serve them. Um, right. And I think it's just an important thing for society in general, but this is a little microcosm of it, you know?
0: Exactly, and and it's not unreasonable to lay some ground rules or lay some agreements in place when mm-hmm. you're going to talk to somebody about a controversial subject or right. or, right. or a hot topic mm-hmm. button pushing you know triggering if you will topic mm-hmm. um, it's okay to do that it's in fact i believe it's 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 uh, it, it helps in every way because if you can keep the conversation calm Mm-hmm. You know, chill relatively so. Um, then you're helping them to. You're helping yourself, and you're mm-hmm. helping them to keep their frontal lobes activated. To 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 keep the rational thinking part of their brain more mm-hmm. engaged. Right. That right. is that is a product of a calm place.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: When you're mm-hmm. agitated and excited and anxious and upset and and mad or sad or, you know, this, the other parts of your brain are turning on. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they're not the parts of the brain that are doing a lot of thinking. They're not doing the heavy lifting of thinking. They're doing the heavy lifting of reacting, right? of responding mm-hmm. to events. That's what they're built mm-hmm. there for.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. So
0: you want to try to exactly as you're describing, I'm just putting it in a different words because I really want to get this point across to people that it that it is is in your best interests in dealing with people of differing mindsets mm-hmm. to engage in, in kind of the way we're talking to each other right now and a you know it's like yeah we can we can express ideas back and forth and maybe disagree. But we're doing so from a calm place, not from a, God damn it, how do you not see this kind of place? And those are two very different places with very different parts of the brain running the show.
1: Very different. And and I think also when people um, increase their velocity, uh, it doesn't make them more respected. And I think people don't know that if I think that they think if they can be intimidating, that you're going to really listen to them, but you don't, you think that they've lost it and you're kind of looking at them like, Oh no, (laughs) you know, what happened? (laughs) Uh, And so uh, you know, again, they're working against their efforts, but I also think there's a mimicry that you want to kind of put a wedge in because there is this need to yell something at you because that's how it's being presented to them. And when they get together with other people, it is very intense and loud. And um you know there's a lot of again that kind of insulting everyone else and it and it can be very adolescent. Yeah. Um yeah, you yeah. know that, well yeah, but you're ugly. You know, like what? Is that? <laughs> what? Where did that stop that? <laughs> <laughs> I, I do want to hear you, but stop that. you know, right. but it's like, how could you be so stupid and, and, you know, take your blinders off and, um, and uh, you know, obviously you don't care about children and what, okay, fine. So, but do you want me to listen to you? Because right. I'm not, if you're going to say all these things, but I think the mimicry also when, when people just yell things, I don't know if they really take in what they're saying, mm-hmm. mm, and so I've noticed that for some people, I've said, "Listen, it's hard for me to hear when someone's speaking loudly to me. I'm kind of sensitive to louder voices. I just hear the volume. That's true. It is true about me. So I, I'm very honest about that, and I will say, okay, tell just tell me what you want me to know." And I've noticed sometimes with the look on their face where they, as they're saying it more quietly, they're really hearing it themselves, they're hearing it. So if they say, hmm, yeah, well, Tom Hanks is dead and he's using a body double and the body double was who was performing at the inauguration and... Lady Gaga is a cannibal, you know, and as they're saying it, they're thinking it, cause it makes, it not only makes an impact on the listener, but I think it makes an impact on the speaker. That's right. So part of what I want people to do is hear it, really hear it and then think, and, and then say, oh, that sounds really interesting or really different or intriguing and wow. Um, so tell me a little bit about how you know that I, Exactly, I'm curious, you know, let's That's find, fine. let's find that out together. Can you show me, let's explore this together. How do you know that? Cause these are really big pieces of information. The next question, and it's not that I am dismissing what you're saying, and it's not that I'm not believing what you're saying, but the natural next question for everyone. So I, I let them know I'm just not attacking them. This is natural. Someone would say, how do you know that like how did you what's the proof basically like show me Okay. and where is tom hanks buried and where you know but then then what happens is then there's still an answer for everything that doesn't necessarily give you any answers and any answers to your questions and then sometimes i'll point that out you know i'm noticing that when i ask you certain questions instead of you giving me an answer you might let me know why there is no proof of that and this is the reason or well you can't still can't trust the media and so even if they had a a funeral for Tom Hanks I hate to keep saying that he's dead but that's one of their ideas um, that you know the media would cover it up or would you know we can't trust can't trust so I said so it's interesting because Whenever it comes to some of the ideas, or most of the ideas that you're sharing with me, there's somehow no proof, there's nothing to go on. I don't know if that would be enough for me because these are again really disturbing thoughts, and I feel like I would need a little more. So let's see if we can find out a little bit more together, but not going back to people within QAnon to find out a little bit more because that's like you know, asking the use car salesman if that car is in good condition. Yeah. Uh, and so you need to have other companies, Carfax, we're oh, just doing an ad for Carfax. Uh, <laughs> to-
0: yeah, so we wouldn't want to necessarily, you know, have everybody interpret this as go sit with them and go down the QAnon rabbit hole with them and uh-huh. have them show you all of their quote unquote proofs. Mm-hmm. It's, it's more like, You know, I have never... I've purchased two cars, I guess, since I left the Sea Mm Org. And both mm -hmm. times I refused, refused to buy the car without taking it to an independent mechanic and having them give it a Mm once-over. And mm -hmm. they tell me what kind of shape the car is in. Now, I've already got the car facts. I've already got the car history, the repair history, all this stuff from the dealer.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: You know, so that's all good. But... Let me just go get one more piece of additional evidence, which you, which you as a source, QAnon, are not mm-hmm. giving me, but which somebody else might be able to shed some light on. For okay. example, right. you know, let's talk about human trafficking and let's go down the child, you know, pedophilia rabbit hole. Well, there okay. is a rabbit hole to go down, but it is yeah. a lot more complicated and a lot more nuanced than what the QAnon people are putting out.
1: Exactly right, and I think just because. Um... I know we have limited time. We can talk more about this another time if you want. But I think what's important here is that for a lot of people, I think if it were not QAnon, it would be something else. So when you talk about how to discern if information is valid or not, you're giving them something they can take out in the world and you're doing basically cult education and teaching about critical thinking that not only applies to this, but you hope applies to other things that they, that, you know, there's some people who are just more prone um, either because they tend to be more nervous about mm, trust and really, or or that they really have been horribly um, kind of stripped of being able to trust because of life events. So sometimes it comes from a very valid place. And so here, here's some information. You may or may not be able to use it here, but I'd like you to know it. This is sort of how you keep yourself safe, but also safe in a different way, not just safe from all these things happening in the world, but how you keep yourself safe from having your want to have the world be a good and safer place be taken advantage of. And that's the thing that really bothers me about all of this, because I think it's just a lot of people worked up and I want I want them to be worked up about things that are really gonna make a difference. You want that energy. Yes, thank you. Yes, well, there's a lot that needs to be fixed. Don't use it up for something that's not real. I mean, that's just, it's it's a waste of time for you and it's a waste of time for the world.
0: Exactly, exactly right. It's um and also I think like maybe I and we are strapped for time because we are both catching each other in between appointments in order to (laughs) do the show this week. So I am sorry, folks. We could talk about this for a lot longer, and we probably will at some point because this is not a one-off at all. You know, this is this is definitely something we're going to be dealing with for a while. But have a goal in mind too, and make it realistic. And if you're going to sit down with somebody who's got an extreme belief set, you really got to understand they didn't get there in a day. And you're not going to talk them out of it in a day.
1: Mm -hmm. That's not Mm -hmm. how
0: any of this works. Right. Mm -hmm. What would it take for me to talk you, you the listener right now, out of Mm -hmm. one of your deeply held beliefs? Not some surface level thing like Comet's a good cleaner, but Mm -hmm. a deeply held belief. Christ is the savior or abortion is wrong or abortion is right. I mean, whichever one of the sides you're on, it's probably a deeply held belief. Mm -hmm. because we've got some pretty, you know, serious, um, important beliefs that we, you know, that we have uh, sort of defined ourselves by Mm -hmm. in our culture, you know, and so Mm -hmm. what would it take Mm -hmm. if I was going to sit down with you, if Rachel was going to sit down with you and try to talk you out of that, you know?
1: Exactly. Yeah. And I think, yes, if I, and I know that that's, for us to discuss another time, but I, you know, the thing that does come to mind is feeling respected. Yeah. If someone said, cause I'm going to be, you know, um, pro-choice, yep. it's just right. That's my makeup. So, but if someone really had some ideas about that and really wanted to inform me, they would approach me with respect about my position and really understanding it and understanding that it's founded in a lot of good things and real things. Uh, and I don't want there to be a slippery slope of, you know, power and control over women's bodies to be taken away. And, you know, it's meaningful for that and a lot of other reasons. If someone comes to me and really understands all of that and says, not but, but, and, there's this exactly. other part that's that right. I also would like you to just think about. You don't have to agree with it, but this is why I have a different view, and that's why that view feels really valid to me and important to me. And I want you to know it. You exactly. know, I think that's a way to begin the conversation.
0: Couldn't agree more. I think that's, I think that's great advice. So I guess with that, we're going to wrap up right now because I, uh, because we're just going to leave everybody wanting more, but that's, that's a good thing <laughs> um, because okay. this is, because actually if you go back and you listen to what we've talked about here, all the roots of how to do this are in what we've talked about. We 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 yes, hit we hit the important parts. We really did.
1: Okay. Right, right. Right.
0: So just go back over it if you didn't get it the first time, and and no and no hit on you if you didn't. This is good advice, but it's we gave it rat a tat a tat a tat tat. So mm-hmm. it could take some going over and some processing and thinking about <laughs> how could I do this? Because remember, all the advice we can give is going to be very general. You have to take it and make it fit for your your circumstance, your life, your situation. So, you know, remember that if you have to change some stuff up, if you think what we're saying isn't going to work with Joe, well, you know Joe better than we do. <laughs>
1: exactly. So it's
0: okay to take what we're saying and go, well, yeah, but you know, I got to do this and this first. Okay. Knock yourself out. I hope it works, right. you know, but, exactly. a, but in, in a general sense, this is, this is how this stuff is done. and, we hope that we can, that this is, this little bit is helpful, so.
1: Yeah, yeah, and so we'll have a, we'll have a sequel, but yeah, yeah, this is a good, this is a good place to start, I think, and it's important, it's, it's, it's affecting so many people right now, so it's a really important thing for you to be covering this.
0: Yeah, big time, big time. Well, thank you very much for that. And thanks for helping. This is, uh, I think, something we'll all be talking about on all of our podcasts as the year rolls out here. Because this is not something that's going to just go away. And it's not something that's going to get solved overnight. It doesn't work that way. I do want to put out a couple points uh, to end the show here of hope. For you guys out there, one point is, you know, there are very few numbers connected with QAnon because it's this broad, amorphous generality of all these millions of Trump supporters and how many of them are really going down the QAnon rabbit hole. Well, I can tell you from some studies, very, very, very few actual scholastic scholarly work has been done on this yet, but I am going down that rabbit hole. Here's, here are the, the documents and i can tell you that numbers wise we're probably talking about a group of people i'm i'm i might be going out on a limb right now but i have data to back me up i believe qAnon is probably about as large or maybe slightly larger than scientology and by that i mean 25 to 40,000 people dedicated actually doing it
1: interesting well, it's what the numbers right. seem to
0: look like. It's not millions. It's not all of Trump's supporters. Let's let's please bring down the crazy on that. It's not, half of America has not gone insane. OK, that's that's not the situation. Really good to know. Yeah. So I, I just want I to throw to that know. out there. And yeah. then the other thing I want to throw out real fast in terms of advice before we wrap up is if you have not seen or heard of a man named Daryl Davis and his work with the KKK. Mm. then um, he embodies everything we are talking about and more. The man is a genius. And he has disrobed over 200 KKK members permanently. They've literally given him their hooded robes.
1: Incredible. Right? Incredible. What a gift to the world. Wow. Okay. So there you go. All right,
0: folks. So so thanks. thanks for tuning in. See you next week. We're going to wrap up because we're in a hurry. So, (laughs) (laughs) bye-bye.